Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. The biggest thing is we shot 21 threes. That's the key. I think if you're getting looks, you just can't hesitate. And, you know, eventually you're going to make some of them. And as long as we're, you know, taking good shots, which we have been, you know, I've got confidence in guys on our team that they can make plays. And so the defense is solid. You give yourself a chance to, to get some looks and get the ball to fall. That's Quinn Snyder talking about the second half of the game with the Magic, the 21 threes in the second half. 11 of 21, they were killing it, PK. 40% from three in that ball game, and another win, five in a row and 10 out of 11. Racking them up. Orlando, another team with a losing record, but the Jazz taking care of business anyway. Donovan Mitchell, 32 points to lead the way, and the bench, once again, the bench killing it. Niang gave him 15. Moutier with 12 points off the bench. It wasn't all on Clarkson in this one, although he had seven as well. But still, a ton of points off the bench now. A lot of offense there, and they're not getting uh, crushed every time they go to the bench at the end of the first or third quarters. Jazz back at it tonight. The Pelicans in New Orleans. Another team with a losing record, but a team that at least has a hot hand right now. They won in Sacramento on Saturday, and they have won six out of eight. And they're feeling pretty good about themselves, even though they're next to last in the West. After a horrible start. Right, I have no idea how they're feeling about themselves, but uh, I know the Jazz are feeling good about themselves, so they should be able to win this game. Wrapping up the three-game road trip tonight, they'll be back home, the Knicks on Wednesday. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Dwight, JaVale, and AD, they just um, they make it easy on our on us. You know, they make it easy on us, and we try to contain a lot of these small, quick guards, you know, a lot of these rim um, attackers. And uh, to know that you have that safety net, you know, behind you with, with JaVale, you know, uh, Dwight, and AD, it's a, it's a heck of a luxury. LeBron talking about block shots after the Lakers had 20 of them. 20 blocks in their win over the Pistons, 106-99. Actually had to come from behind in the fourth quarter, but... They did it and win again. The Lakers, talk about the Jazz beating teams they're supposed to beat. The Lakers have not lost a game yet to a team with a losing record. All quality losses, I guess you could say. Clippers also won after getting beat on Saturday. Gave up 140 points Saturday, 132. We're just going to write this off to the uh, slogging towards the all-star break here. The grind in January. That's a boatload of points. We've got six weeks. Or... Something else. That's way too many points to be given up. I need an explanation. Well, Leonard and Beverly didn't play, and there were two of your better defensive players. That still seems like too many, even though that's true. Want to see Luka Doncic? He's playing the Bulls tonight. The Thunder and Sixers are on NBA TV. If you're looking for a little basketball when the Jazz aren't playing, but you got the Jazz at 6 o'clock tonight. There's the NBA. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Cougars with another sterling defensive performance, PK. They beat Loyola Marymount 63-38. to They are the local team that is still positioned for the NCAA tournament right now. KenPom.com has them in the 30s. And that was a, uh, a lockdown performance against 
Loyola Marymount. Not the best team in the world, but locked them up anyway. <laughs> so the Utes are, they've got no shot? No shot. I mean, they got a lot of big games left on their schedule, but Ken Palm's got them at 100, and yeah, I think the other people have them in the same 100. area. So they got a lot of work to do. You know, there are a lot of probably five teams that are NCAA tournament teams, so you start racking up wins over those teams, you can move, but you got to beat them. They played Oregon close for a long stretch of the game, but ended up losing 69-64. They're young. They are young. Yes, they are. Booth Gotch with a huge game. He had 24 points, and they had a three to tie it there in the final minute, but it didn't go, and Oregon hits free throws, and Oregon gets a split after losing in Colorado. They get the, uh, the win over the Utes. And Utah State loses to undefeated San Diego State, 77-68. Canada gave them a double-double, but San Diego State was in control of that game most of the way. Yeah, but the good news is the Aztecs will lose their next five games, right? Don't believe that to be true, <laughs> PK. Old fanboy. Uh, that's what you're going to say if I pick them to win or if I pick them to lose. I'll just um, have to wear it. You can't win, can you? How do you deal with it? DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You get more geeked up for some four or five star announcing where he's going to go to school or a college player announcing if he's going to the draft. 10 a.m. today to Otunga Valoa. Press conference. Will he stay at Alabama? Will he go to the NFL? No, I don't know. Another bowl game today. ESPN's got to put something in that Monday night uh, football TV slot, right? And they don't want college basketball. They want college football. So Louisiana, Miami of Ohio. Many of us will ignore that. Yeah, I'll pass. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Deshaun calling for the ball on second and six at the Bills 44. Here's the snap. Here's a blitz. Watson in trouble. Watson escapes to the right side. And Watson throws it to Jones. Cutting inside 40, 35, 30. The 25, 20, 15. And down to the 10-yard line. What a play. The magician does it again. Brady in the end zone. Takes the snap. Looks. Fires. Pass. Batted up in the air. Intercepted. And returned for a touchdown. Titans. Logan Ryan. With nine seconds to go. The Tennessee Titans knocked the Patriots out 20-13. to 13. Was that Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot? He indicated afterwards he doesn't want to retire. Kind of left the ball on the court there for uh, ownership and coach Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick got asked about it and was having none of it. The game just ended. I don't know. You've probably got 50 questions. Back and forth they went. That was a good time. Probably in his defense, he probably needs to hear from the owner. Probably doesn't get to make that decision on his own. Well, I think they have to see what the options are available, too. And who's, uh, who's a possible replacement? Is it somebody on the roster? Or is it is a slew of free agent guys? Is it somebody in the draft? So I can, I can understand Bill's thought process in that moment. Before that, you heard Deshaun Watson eluding the rush and making a big play. The Texans down 16, come back to beat the Bills. The only home team to win, home field advantage. Not that big a deal. Three teams coming through on the road. Well, there's no such thing as a home field advantage. The Seahawks favored to win on the road. They got it done, but with Carson Wentz going out, only playing two series, that kind of sapped the drama out of that. 40-year-old Josh McCown coming in and playing quarterback, able to move him up and down the field, but 
kicking three field goals and going for it on fourth down at the 10-yard line and not being able to come up with any points. Couldn't get in the end zone. They're out. Heartbreaking. And one I did not see coming at all, the Vikings go into the Superdome, knock out the Saints 26-20 in another overtime game. Thought that was the most surprising game of the day. And Did you think there was any chance they were going to take a touchdown off the board with offensive pass interference? Those Saints fans were booing in the stadium, but oh, no, seemed highly unlikely. We had Dean Blandino on in the first quarter saying there was a pass interference against the Saints that wasn't called. I mean, once you in- introduce refereeing, you have to introduce, and I know it was Ferrari or Ferrara or whatever the hell his name is, but I just like... Mike Pereira. I like Dean Blandino. Sounds better. Dino! Once you introduced refereeing, you can't just pick and choose. you got to stick with it at that point, yeah. You have to... If you, you Once you introduce refereeing... You have to go to every single call and non-call. Not just the ones that go against you. Vikings are moving on to San Francisco next Saturday, and the Saints are done. Beaten in the dome. And that is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Will Gillery. New Orleans Pelicans writer for The Athletic going to join us at 8.30 as the Jazz play the Pelicans tonight. Our basketball insider Steve Cleveland stopping by every Monday. He's here at 9 o'clock on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. It's our good friend Tim Lacombe. Where do you think the Jazz are missing Conley the most right now? I'm a believer in Conley. I think I've always been a huge believer the data points. You just go look at his body of work through his career. He's been so incredibly consistent. I almost believe that this, uh, this time for him to sit and watch the Jazz work might being able to sit back and say, you know, really Donovan's just out there making the right basketball play. Joe's out there making the right basketball play. So this might be good for him. Obviously, his health is number one get him healthy, but then I have no doubt that his addition back to this team with all those guys getting all these meaningful minutes and guys getting some confidence just builds the depth and it will help the team in the long run. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK's brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Jazz got 32 points from Donovan Mitchell. They won in Orlando. When will they lose again? One loss in the last 11 games. It's been a pretty good stretch here. They're going to be favored in the next seven at least, maybe more than that. People are pretty optimistic right now, PK. As they should, yeah. Terry says, at Denver, January 30th on paper. It's a back half of a road back-to-back against a good team. A lot of real estate between here and there. Certainly they could come out flat at some point, but they're looking pretty dominant right now. They make it to January 30th, that, that'd be more than yeah, a month I without a loss. I don't get into that. I mean, I, I have no idea who's going to be available January 30th. I'm worried about tonight. Uh, can they win tonight? Uh, so I, I've got nothing for you. What's going to happen on January 30th? When we get to the 29th and 30th, we'll we'll know plenty of information at that point. Uh, the idea is to continue to play well, and you're going to lose probably 10 more games at least. Uh, but if you're playing as well as you can, then good things can happen. Because the way the thing is so bunched up now, you're looking for an extended playoff run. And with everything being 
so condensed in that way, they have an opportunity. I don't know that it's going to happen, but they have an opportunity for an extended playoff run. And that's what we're all looking for. Five teams separated by two games right now. Lakers have a little separation at the top, but then everybody else is all jammed up. And the way it looks right now, four of those five are going to end up playing each other. So good luck figuring all that out And I think that's what will happen uh, depending on health and whatnot. I can't tell you who's going to play whom in which round, but it does look like those teams are going to be playing each other to one extent or another. And for me, as a fan of the game, that's something that I find very interesting. That's something that I find fun. It's like I've said, as the NBA tries to, excuse me, this voice is going to be an issue, but as the NBA tries to, what they perceive as uh, reasons they need to fix the regular season, I don't care whether they do or not, but you know, that's the almighty TV ratings equals dollars. And I get all that. And you can fix, you can trump it up whatever way you want. Doesn't matter to me. What I want is the postseason. And I'm already, you know, two, three months ahead of time, already looking forward to the potential to have some real dynamic matchups. It's like the NFL. NFL playoffs are just so awesome because right off the bat, even though you don't have teams that, necessarily have a legitimate chance to a get to the super bowl or b win the super bowl the playoffs this weekend were a lot of fun and it and fits in well too you know because the weather sucks and all that stuff and so you're liable to be home and be inside more so you can watch the games and i didn't feel well this weekend obviously so i really didn't go out at all saturday and sunday literally and so i just sat there on the couch and watched these games and they were so fun and entertaining. I don't have a team. It doesn't matter to me who wins. But from an entertainment standpoint, I thought it was sensational. It's the same thing for me for the playoffs and the NBA. Even if a couple of the teams have no shot to win at all, I want to see dynamic first, second round playoffs. And the good thing about it this year is we seem like we'll have that opportunity. And for me as a fan of the sport rather than individual teams, that's something that I look forward to. Just like I look forward to watching these games on Saturday and Sunday. Right now, it'd be Rockets-Mavericks. That'd be pretty good. James Harden's had a pretty good run in Houston. Luka Doncic is just getting started in Dallas. Be easy for the NBA and the TV networks to hype that up. You wouldn't really have to hype it up. I'd hype it up for myself. And Jazz and Clippers. Right out, right out of the gate in the opening round. Yeah, that would be great. As a consumer of the sport and a fan of the sport, I, I think that would be sensational. I really do. I'm, I look forward to those opportunities when they get here in the spring. And, you know, there's something to be said about a seven-game series that goes potentially two weeks and the ebbs and flows and whatnot and all the intensity that you see. And I think that's what we're looking at. And the Jazz should be in that mix. That's what's fun. I see no reason why they're not in the mix, you know, unless there's some devastating injuries and all that stuff, which we can't predict. More people posted on uh, Facebook. Uh, Jonathan, probably uh, more than Terry, is uh, channeling what you're thinking. I'm a pessimist. Next game. I'm an irrational optimist. They're not losing till June. All right, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And actually, New Orleans playing well of late. It could actually all end tonight. Well, yeah, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't end tonight. Even if there's nothing to end tonight. There's nothing the, to begin tonight. The winning streak. End. The winning streak. Doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me. Ah, it, oh, it means a little something. 
I mean, aren't you spending the whole time watching them now trying to analyze? They've got to win this game so they can keep the streak going? No. No, trying to analyze how good they are going to the playoffs. And if you lose to the Pelicans, it's a downer. Like, why can't those guys beat those guys? On January 6th, when we get to April 6th, I will not even remember that. So, no, not at all. Maybe you, and if that's the way you feel, fine. I'm long since given up trying to change anybody's minds. And think what you think. I don't care. You're just as right as anybody who thinks that or doesn't think that. No. The winning streak is nice, but I would take winning 9 out of 10 every 10 ball games. That would work. That'd be pretty good at the yeah, end of the so year. So the winning streak, unless you start getting up to 25 and 30, eh, doesn't, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's like a hitting streak. In baseball, you know, nobody really pays attention until you get to 25 or 30. The idea is to play with some, sometimes shots aren't going to fall. And basketball is a peculiar game in that way. You know, football should be able to be more pure and the better team in a given day should win. You know, but you have factor in turnovers. Uh, baseball, you can hit a bunch of line drives at guys, and uh, but over the course of 162, if you hit a bunch of line drives, you're going to win your fair share of games. And it's the same thing. If you're a good shooter over the course of 82, you're going to win your fair share of games. They're going to be individual games in which you proverbially can't throw it in the ocean. Those things happen. And if that happens tonight, it doesn't detract from anything because then they. that's the great thing about the NBA is when's the next game? I don't even know when the next game is. I don't even know who the next opponent is, let alone playing Denver on January 30th. Uh, and you come right back and probably have, what, another game in two or three days and go Knicks, right back at it. Knicks are here on Wednesday. Okay. I had I honestly had no idea on that. They're pretty much on a run here where they're playing every other day. Yeah. So I'm not going to sweat any individual loss. Because if I sweat any individual loss, that means I've got to go bonkers if they win, and I'm not going to do that either. Play good ball. They're playing good ball. That's that's the great thing about it. They're playing good ball. Guys have settled in now. It, for so long under Jay Slow and the statues, you know they were the they were the ultimate model of consistency. You knew what you were getting, and the great thing about Jerry Sloan, and there's so many of them, one of the great things is that from game to game you could count on who was coming in, when they were coming in, what they were going to do, most likely what they were going to give you. And that's when you have a form of consistency. And they had it as well as anybody, really, in the history of sports, when you think about it, for so long. And I think that's what we're starting to see now. We're starting to see some consistency. Joe Ingles playing well. It's not, oh, my gosh, you see Joe? No, it's like, yeah, this is what Joe does. And Mitchell. uh, Mitchell has – there's zero question that Mitchell's consistently – Consistency, I should say, consistency has taken about what two, three, four steps higher now. Uh, you can pick whatever you want, but he's clearly better than he was a year ago. So what he's doing, you know, he has the occasional dunk, which is an extremely athletic play, and because he's a little on the smaller side, that's always more impressive than the six-seven guy going in and dunk. But really, what he's doing outside of the highlight play. None of us are surprised. We're not. We're not. We're impressed, but we're not. Man, this kid—he's beyond that. He's not this kid anymore. He's an established, bona fide star. This is what those types of people do in this league, on a 
if not nightly, then most often nightly basis. So I'm not surprised anymore on what he's done. Well, it's it's uh, it's really actually incredibly predictable. Thursday he had 17 points and didn't really have that big a game. That's actually kind of about as few points as he's going to score in a game. And we were talking a lot on Friday, and I said he's probably just going to bounce back with a 30-point game and they're going to win. The bench basically won the game Thursday. The bench was outstanding uh, in the second half when they needed a run. The bench got one. And... Neither you or Locke shot me down. And you love to shoot me down. And even you're like, yeah, he'll probably just go get 30. Yeah, I wouldn't say he bounced back because that implied that he was down. Uh, Only by his standards. I mean, 17 points. Winning the ball game is his standards. Well, that's true. And sure enough, he went for 32 and made a gazillion shots and was hot from all over the floor. You can count on it. You just pencil him in for 25 points. He he got to that number pretty early this season, and he's pretty much sustained it. And so over two games, you know, you are who you are, and over two games he had 49 points. Well, that's right about 25 points a game. So he seems pretty much locked in there. It's uh, other stuff. It was Joe Joe surprised us, uh, Niang, uh, going into the starting lineup, and his numbers just went off the charts in December. And... In the most recent game, it was Niang. He was open, and he was hot, and they just kept going to him. Although, Niang making three-pointers that are on the result of open shots does not surprise me. That's why he's in the league. So you're more surprised that he got eight good looks? Yes. Because he's five of eight. Yes. You know, 62.5%. When I, and I have to evaluate each of those eight shots, and we can evaluate them because we saw them. I would suspect that he would be close to 50%. If they're those types of shots, I think after he'd hit like three in a row, then it, he came down one on the on the. He took the yeah, he took one. He like, checked. Right. It's like, oh, Even right. he, I got it going on, and Coach Schneider can't say anything. I'm going to see how after good After the game, he said, I took that one a little quick, but right. I, was, I was feeling it. Right. That probably yeah. wasn't the best shot. And it wasn't. But we've seen that so many times when guys feel it. That that's that's what they're going to do. Hey, how hot am I? Am I off the charts hot? <laughs> and be throwing in hook shots from three. Uh, so we saw that. So take that out, and the percentage is even higher. And when and if his feet are squared and he's got the time, I actually expect him to do that. I guess you could say that the opportunity to make those shots was what was the surprise. But I don't know much about Orlando and their defense and their rotations and whatnot, and there's no reason for me to pay attention to that because they're seem they seem to be one of these franchises perpetually mired into going nowhere uh, for years now. Uh, they were since Dwight Howard left. Yeah, they were the hot thing, you know. With Pat Williams was funny and whatnot. He came on our show at least once, if not twice. And but that that was we're going back 20 years now, and and all those that cast of characters is all retired. And so other than that, they're just another team in a, in a nice warm weather city, which has no state taxes, but still they suck. So, or they don't, they don't do anything. Uh, but Niang getting open and making the shot, making the shot, I, I expect him to make the shot. And I, and I like that they obviously saw that they need to make some changes. And they did. They were bold. That was what was cool. Well, what are we going back, two weeks now? And they were bold. Because they could have stuck with Green and kept him on the roster easily, and no one would have batted an eyelash. But they obviously knew stuff, and we've heard of stuff that they know. And they made that bold decision. 
the, the Exum trade, and I know he went for 28 last night, and I don't really care because it's it's in the loss, and it's kind of 28 empty points. I didn't watch the game. Maybe they were all sensational points. I don't know. But I don't care. They had given him massive opportunity, and obviously injuries derailed him. But they didn't have any more time to waste because they're in a win-now mode. And so they can't develop anybody anymore. Not now. They need guys, and they were short guys. Clarkson's had too many good games since he got here to regret the one big game Exum had. And he he got hot in the second half. I didn't watch the game. I have no idea what he did. I I saw the box score last night at 10 o'clock. I don't know. Well, that'll give us something to talk about. And I started formulating my thoughts once I saw the box score because obviously we're going to follow him to a degree uh, unless he all of a sudden just goes nuts. It was the right move because he wasn't going to give you that here. And Clarkson is somebody you needed and you needed now because you're in win now mode. This is your time to win this year and next year. And then we'll see what roster decisions they make after the 2021 season. But for now, that's why that was that was a brilliant move. And they f- saw fit to wave green in part to give Niang more time. Great, bold moves. Because when you're in the situation of doing this, you have to be bold. You cannot be tentative. You, you cannot be conservative. You must be bold. They, they, re- they literally have no other choice. And they were. And in the short term, it's paying off. We'll see. Ultimately, the long term will be the deciding factor. And the long term obviously includes the postseason. Well, in the long term, you just wonder if the team's just collecting stars the way the Lakers and Clippers do. I mean, stars have done so well in the NBA playoffs for so long. And Kawhi Leonard's just coming off a championship, and he's won two. But you can hope, and we'll find out when we get there. Obviously, LeBron's got a long streak of uh, trips to the NBA Finals that got snapped last year, and he was hurt, and they didn't have their guys yet. And now they got AD. No matter how lousy you feel about how they got him, they got him anyway. And oh, so yeah. it's uh, those, to me, those are like the two. Every time you mention playoffs, they start thinking, can they take down the Lakers and Clippers? And that's why the win over the Clippers on the 28th or whatever it was was so exciting. It's like, okay, maybe they went to. It's only, it's a regular season. It's not the playoffs. It's not the same thing. But they went to LA and beat the Clippers. So it's a little bit of hope. Maybe it'll turn out to be false hope. But well, it's a little bit of hope. I don't think I will judge this season based on whether they get to the NBA Finals or not to decide if that's a success or not. I don't see that being the ultimate metric this year. But there's got to be an, an, a, a more of an extended playoff run than what they've had. And they've had second round twice, and they've taken beatings in the second round. And then last year, they had the first round. Uh, I want to see beyond that. If it's a second round exit, I don't want a beating. I want a fiercely contended long series. Because I'm willing to give them the opportunity to build the team even more i mean you look at teams in this way when they come together like this do they really do they do it in the first year i mean the celtics did it with the garnett and uh, pierce and ray allen but that's more the unusual i mean you look at when the jazz made the trade for hornacek you know the next year uh when the lakers made the trade for gasol you know the next year so there's examples and those are two that pop into my head i'm sure there are others uh that can you can get better so i want a strong foundation this year to build upon for next year 
So that's what I'm going to judge it, how, how it's going to be in the postseason if they give us an extended run. More people, you can hit us up on Twitter at David DJ James right now. Uh, more people uh, weighing in, and, and people are leaning on the three-point shooting. You know, is this sustainable? I mean, we're almost halfway through the season. They're leading the league right now, and by more than a percentage point, so a pretty wide margin. Uh, DeJuro posting the Jazz home in the fourth quarter with five three-pointers. They looked like the Warriors with Curry and Thompson. Go Jazz! Hope you will not lose that game and break that streak soon. The three-point shooting, I mean, the moves were made in the offseason. You were joking about this on TV. You knew the Conley deal was going to pay off. And it has. They're getting, they're getting the three-point shooting, more offense led by the three-point shooting that they crave. They've been so defensive-oriented, and they'd hit a ceiling with that. Now they've got all this three-point shooting, and it's not really coming from Conley. I mean, he's been hurt, so... When he gets back, maybe he'll be another shooter and it'll get even better. But they're over 38% as a team. It's hard to believe they're going to get better. Maybe help him sustain it. Maybe somebody else will have some injury and his return will balance that out. They got better shooters in the offseason. Adding Bogdanovich and then the decision to put Niang in the lineup. Yeah, and give him more time. Uh, So their shooting is better. And I think Mitchell has had just natural improvement from year two to year three. And so their shooting has gotten better in that way, right? I mean, they had Crowder. I mean, he was a he was a, a bricklayer. A volume shooter, and he was going to shoot 33%. Yeah. And occasionally he'd have a good game for you, but... Then it would be offset by... And he's going to fire them up and probably not make them. And Derek Favors was a dead end there. So the players that they brought in are better shooters than the players that left. And the same thing with Rubio. That's not Rubio's game, right? So with that in mind, and they become better in that way. I mean, even Moutier. I don't know what his numbers are, but he can hit the occasional three. Now, that's not what he's, that's not his bread and butter, so to speak, but he can do that. So the statistics improving to me, that's a natural uh, byproduct of what you decided to do. Of course, it should be. It would actually be a bitter disappointment if it wasn't better because they made a concerted effort to go out and get better shooters from behind the line. So yep. it should be. And when Jeff Green shot a Crowder like 32.7%, that ended that experiment. And the Yanks shooting 45%. We'll see if he keeps that going from three. Uh, depending on if they're quality shots, yes, I think they will. And that's what I like. The The bold move with Jeff Green was awesome because you're basically admitting that didn't work. we made a mistake. Right. And there's nothing wrong. I don't expect Sanic and Lindsey to be batting a 1,000. If they did, they'd be the only guys ever to do that. So they go out and make these moves, and then they find out, Pretty much, you know, 25, 30 games into it, hey, this isn't working. So rather than be stubborn about it, we're gonna we're just going to waive them, not even get a thing for them, just cut them. And great. Now that you've had and 25, 30 games is, is a good chunk of evidence, you decide we need to make some changes here. That's, that's why that stuff was so bold. And so far, it's working. It remains to be seen to to what degree as we go over the course of the term of the season. But 
to me, the Clarkson for Exum, that was pretty much a no-brainer, I think. It's more about getting Cleveland to sign on. With the with the understanding of that we're, we're trying to win now, that's the philosophy. So that seemed like, oh, yeah, sure, do that. And But the cutting of green, if we have time for somebody else, that was the real bold move. That signaled, we tried something, brought in a vet, and we've had a lot of success bringing in veteran guys at the end. You want to go back to George Hill? You want to go back to uh, Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson. Boris Diaw? Yeah, all those guys contributed in their own way at the at, at the very end. And George Hill's still playing. I think the other two are done. But uh, So you've, you've had success doing that, and so you tried it again, and decided it didn't work well rather than prolong it and try it another two weeks another three weeks or let's give it some more time they said nope that's it we're done that's bold and i and i applaud that well we'll see how long they can ride the offense you know the thought was that it's an offensive league the rules changes in favorite offense the three-point shot as much defense as rudy gives you and man does he give you a lot of defense but how big an impact is he going to have when guys are shooting deep threes yeah, but defensively, so, isn't that what you want go, them to do? Depends on the guys, but yeah, I get your point. Shooting contested deep threes. He does make it easier to contest threes. There's no doubt about that. But you still have to be able to score a bunch of points. And so, you know, they made the moves. And I've often talked about, you know, when, when you shoot 40% from three, you're a good three-point shooter. There's probably, in any given year, 30 to 40 guys who can do that in the NBA. And with 30 teams, you know, if you have two of them, you're, you're ahead of the game. Right now, and we'll see if these guys sustain it, but right now the Jazz have four of them. Ingles has gotten back to 40%. Uh, Bogdanovich is at 42 but Niang and Royce O'Neal shooting uh, 45 and 43% from three. They have four, th- they have four three-point shooters shooting 40%. And so now Donovan Mitchell, uh, Mike Conley when he gets healthy again, uh, Clarkson, if they're going to shoot 36 37%, and they're your fifth, sixth, and seventh best three-point shooters, that is a ton of guys who can shoot the three. It's weird how quickly they've gone to an elite offensive team. I mean, you expect it to kind of build over time, but the acquisitions, the guys whose playing time been elevated, that is a lot of three-point shooters. Yeah, but this, this is what they intended to have. Well, clearly. I mean, the decisions are all conscious decisions to bring these to go get Bogdanovich. Conscious decision to wave Jeff Green and elevate Niang's playing time. Conscious decision. Royce O'Neal's been a long-term project that's paid off. Niang's another long-term project that is paying off. Probably can't write in, not as confident in his consistency as in Royce's, but getting there. Okay, yeah, all right. That, that is a, a lot of shooting. So when you look at that three-point shooting, I think that many guys, that's a pretty good foundation. You're not riding any one guy in a hot hand, and you know if he gets hurt, then your the whole team three-point shooting falls apart. And if you're really good defensively with Rudy out there, and then you add elite three-point shooting, the thing that's left is, can they do it against the best teams? Because this is awesome, but as they make these decisions, the bold Jeff Green move and all that, they're in a... They're in a month here where they're just not playing very many good teams. So when they play Miami, when they play the Clippers, you circle it, they split those two games. And all these other games are awesome. You just wonder if they're fool's gold. 
But wouldn't I wonder that about everybody else, too? Why would I just wonder it about the Jazz? Well, there's something to that, but I think the other guys have more of a... You, you figure Kawhi Leonard can do it because he's won two titles, and LeBron can do it because he went to the finals well, eight times it. in a row. And so you got two guys. That's all you're worried about then is two guys. But that's really what's hurt the Jazz is the Warriors and the Rockets. Two teams at the top of the West who have... You know, back to you know your take on the playoffs. Those are the teams that have been crushing them first or second round. Whenever right, the they Warriors were not one guy. No, they weren't. And the teams that the Jazz had to play the Rockets is not this team. So that leads me right back. If I'm worried about fool's gold for these guys, then I need to apply that across the board. Everybody. Everybody's in the same boat. That's what gets back to when we get to the postseason from game one. I'm going to be interested because there's going to be mystery in potentially all these series because nobody together has proven anything. Nobody. Nobody in the West together has proven anything. Obviously, LeBron has proved it 100 times over, but not with Anthony Davis and not with Alex Caruso. So how are they going to be? And Kuzma. Kuzma's never played in a big NBA game in his life. No, and he's in a tough stretch right now. Yeah. So, and really, has Anthony Davis. Now, he's got superior athletic skill, so I'd imagine he would be fine. No, but, but he's never really your, played in a huge game. Back to your point about Exum, he put up huge numbers, but on a team that lost a lot of games. And he gets a little bit of a pass because he didn't have a lot around him. But now he's got LeBron around him. Yeah, they did win a series. I think they beat Portland two years ago. Sweat yeah, sweat sweeping that so, series. You know, he, he does have a little bit of a, a pedigree there, but not with the Lakers. When you're playing with the Lakers, whatever you had, whatever spotlight you had with New Orleans, uh, it, it doesn't it pales in comparison, obviously, to the spotlight you'll have on the Lakers because we know uh, every Laker game, whatever the prime time window is in the postseason, that's what they'll be in. Front and center, baby. Yeah, that's not to say he cannot deliver and, and be outstanding and excel to the highest level. I'm just saying that whatever doubt I have about the Jazz, I have to apply it across the board. Maybe not to the same degree, but to an extent. Yeah, I would just say definitely not to the same degree, but definitely to an extent. I mean, I don't think there's any team out there that you would give a 50% chance of winning the, the NBA title. Paul George is is just a phenomenal athlete. He's got the body size and the skill uh, to just be a dominant player. And by and large, he has been outstanding. But he's also had a few clunkers in the postseason. All right, so now the spotlight's going to be on you big time. How are you going to respond to that? And Kawhi Leonard is a proven commodity. Without question, a proven commodity. But you need some help. And how is Paul George going to be able to handle that? You know, we saw in a deciding game here a couple years ago, he was awful. And what's it going to be? And he he's not a youngster anymore. He's in, in NBA terms, right? He's in no, he's 28, in his 29, yeah, somewhere in there. He's in his prime. And so he's had plenty of opportunity. So what is he going to do? So that's a little bit of a question mark, too. And I, when you have LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard from a starting point, you're better off than most teams because they're better players than most players. Understand that. Paul George will turn 30 during the playoffs this year. So, the future is now. Now is the time.
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Your feedback, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Uh, it's fun. It's fun, you know. He's been he's been working very hard, and uh, being able to to watch that translate to the game is is great. And you know that stretch was huge for us. There's Rudy Gobert talking about George Niang and the stretch he gave him coming out and hitting the three threes in a row in the fourth quarter in Orlando, breaking open a close game as the Jazz win comfortably. Looked like it was going to be a tight finish heading into the fourth quarter, and then they blew it open and went for the tenth time. In 11 games. Got a lot of people commenting on the Jazz on our uh, Facebook page. There, there are people ready to see this thing roll for a couple of weeks here. They've got a lot of confidence. We were talking in the last segment about not knowing what will happen when they have a showdown with one of these other elite teams in the playoffs, which certainly will happen by the second round and could happen in the opening round pretty easily. But as long as they're playing these teams with losing records, people have a ton of of confidence. Not expecting losses until Indiana or Denver. Indiana's really the next really probably the next team they'll play that'll have a chance to win a playoff series, whether they do or not, they'll at least have a chance. And when is that? That is still two weeks away, two weeks from today. In the meantime, it's the Pelicans, it's the Knicks, it's a bunch of teams from the bottom half of the NBA. Well, gotta play them. Absolutely. Everybody else plays them. If for another reason, then we don't have to hear about all these excuses. The schedule's so hard. You do not have to hear that right now. Good. And the Lakers and the Bucks are sitting atop their respective conferences, and neither one of them has lost to one of these teams. They are both undefeated against sub-500 teams. We just went through this discussion with the Utes. How good are they? They're beating teams that have seven wins, and eventually with the bowl game, some of them got to eight wins. But where are the teams, you know, the elite teams with 9, 10, and 11? And because the Pac-12 was beating itself up and pretty mediocre, there just weren't that many opportunities. And the Jazz don't have that many opportunities right now. During this stretch of 10 out of 11, two teams. Miami's pretty good. Clippers are pretty good. And they split those two. Both on the road. I'll take that. I'll take a nice win because you pulled away from the Clippers. And then Miami, you had a little bit of a furious rally and you just lost by what, two or three? If I remember correctly. Three. 107, 104. Did you know that? No, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. uh, Absolutely. I <laughs> cannot remember a score from two or three weeks ago. No well, chance. Yeah, but not the score. Uh, the, the margin. Nope. I, I can remember it was yeah. two or three. I don't know the score, but I watched the game as I do them all. And uh, so with that in mind, I'll take that. That proves that they're... It proves they're decent. I mean, because they've got good players. And they've got players that, who's surprising you? When you look at this team, who do you look at and say, man, that's something that I didn't know we had? Name me one guy. I didn't know Niang would be a 40% three-point shooter. He's in the league to shoot threes. I get it. But 40% is a very good number. 
30 to 40 guys in the league doing it. And so if he was 36 or 37% guy, you can make that argument. That's one or two shots. I mean, he's at 45% right now. And maybe he'll end up, you know, at the end of the year, he's getting a lot more playing time now. Well, yeah, and he's the type of player who's going to benefit from better players around him because he's not going to create anything on his own. He's not going to draw any attention on his own. He's not going to be high above anybody's uh, scouting list. So he'll be able to flourish in his limited role because of the talent around him and the talent willing to be unselfish. I mean, you don't really see anybody who's running around forcing or just pounding the ball into the hardwood over and over again until you become numb. (laughs) The ball moves. He really is the answer to the question, well, what are the Jazz going to do? Because everyone, the phrase that I was waiting for you to really blow up, and you hadn't done it yet, but I thought this is the kind of thing that would get under PK's skin if people keep saying, well, the other team's dropping their big, so Rudy's not getting as many dunks. It's not so easy for Donovan to get to the hoop and get a layup. They're dropping their big, so they're running the pick and roll with Niang, and the big guy, the guy covering Niang drops, so he gets an open three, and they did it but that's how we got two of the three in the fourth quarter yeah, against Orlando. Drops me. You're getting too technical for me. That's 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 beyond. Well, they're not guarding him. They're back in the paint yeah, trying to take I'm, away. I'm use common link. Mitchell. Link. Drop. No one's dropping anything. Dropping their big. Yeah. Then that's got to hurt. You're, you're carrying a big and then you drop them. <laughs> that's that's got to be something that's potentially painful. Yeah. So he's going to benefit from the talent around him. And the talent around him is pretty good, so he's going to be able to have open shots. And if he wants to enjoy this luxurious lifestyle with the amount of money that he makes, he better darn well make those threes, and he will. No, and Mitchell, yeah, forget the dumb floater. I, I hate that shot. Just don't do it. You're on the go. You're moving. No. Get, do you want the two f- off two feet rise up? Just. The, the mid-range, the 15-footer, the, the, the 13 yeah. to 15. And that's something you practice. You see, guys, we, go to the, we come to the arena early, and they, do all, and they have these personal coaches. How many times do you see guys just go full speed and throw up a floater? They never do it. Actually, I saw Stockton practice that. Well, I mean, he's Jesus. He's so, <laughs> I mean, you got me there. I assume he's taking it in a game. Every role. And we only get to see a little a little bit at the end of, you know, shoot arounds you can see what guys are working on. And I but they're they're clearly they're doing that before we walk in there. And I assume in that routine he's got that built in. But they're doing the shot that they take and they've been taking since they were two years old. Well that's true. You dribble, you come to a stop, you rise up, you take a simple that, jump that, shot. Mitchell is owning that shot this year. That floater is something guys are trying to add usually when they're in the NBA. You're right. The other stuff is stuff that they were doing when they were little kids. I, when Conley gets back, I tell him, Mike, don't do it. <laughs> Just worry about taking shots that you're under control. Conley does it, and he does it right-handed all the time, which just baffles me big time. And I'm sure there's some numbers out there. I'm no expert. But all I know is that shot doesn't... And he shoots it right-handed most of the time. I'm thinking, what are we doing here? Hey, Yak, I need a breaking news sounder. Come on, let's do it. That's right. Breaking news. The Dallas Cowboys. Multiple reports. The Dallas Cowboys have agreed to terms with Mike McCarthy as their new head coach. Bleacher Report, CBS Sports. Jake Glazer from Fox Sports had it first. Oh, he had it first? Yes. All right, well, there you go. The former Packer coach, Landon in Dallas, Mike McCarthy. Goodbye to the green and gold. Hello to the star. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.